You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge. Tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. Highly prominent spiritual people turning Christian. Have you ever heard of that? Have you ever seen that? Uh, I've always been curious about it. I am, you know, let me just preface this with I am all about any religion, any spirituality. I am a Sagittarius. I love studying all of it. I think it's so cool. And I think it's absolutely beautiful to believe and have faith in anything, anything unseen, anything you can't see, taste, touch, smell. It's cool. It's fascinating. It's beautiful. I give a lot of um, birth chart readings to people from very Christian Catholic families. And it's really cool that they can intertwine. I've had a few clients who said that they, when they go to church, every time the pastor or the preacher uses the word God or Jesus, they just replace it in their mind with the universe, angels. I mean, it's no different. They're all very interchangeable. But um, I've just noticed that there are some people who go from having full-blown careers. I mean, the most prominent one I can think of is Doreen Virtue. I actually used to use one of her tarot decks. Yeah, Angel Tarot Cards by Doreen Virtue. And it's so funny that she became very a devoted Christian and she just wants nothing to do with tarot cards, astrology, all of the stuff that a lot of people would say, oh, that's woo-woo, you shouldn't believe in that, but... You know, what's that quote I posted the other day that you guys loved? It was, why are we afraid of, why aren't we afraid of the people who burn the witches on alive, right? That's not the quote. I'd have to go look at it. But why aren't we afraid of the people who burn the witches alive? Why are we afraid of the witches? Hmm, interesting, right? Now, why I'm bringing this up is because I've seen other people eventually go from having really good careers, careers, like their work, their life's work, their financial well-being in this realm. I don't even like to call it an industry of spirituality. Give it all up and say, F it, I'm done. I'm going to Christianity. And I'm very neutral here. I think Again, I think what you believe in should be sometimes private, sometimes kept to yourself. Um, but... I can see why some people go that route and say, you know what, forget the universe, forget dimensions, forget chakras, because it is a very open spirituality. It's really heavily relying on yourself. Spirituality, you are God. You are Jesus. You are Allah. You are Buddha. You are everything. And with Christianity or Catholic or organized religions, you have a book that tells you who is God and what to do. I mean, it is literally that phrase, ah, going by the book. Religion is easier in that sense because you don't necessarily have to look at your own character. Or you don't have the pressure of being your own God because someone is telling you how to do it. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's what resonates, that what feels comfortable to you, rock on. But I'm not, again, I'm not bashing any or either one of these spirituality or religion, but I can see why spirituality can be a turnoff for some people. Because you must really, I mean really, be rooted in who you are and not be swayed by any dark forces or any 
um, people projecting negative energies onto you. You've got to be rooted. Let's see, um, you go get a psychic reading and you hear something that terrifies you, scares you, shocks you, but it doesn't resonate. It makes you have anxiety in your head, but your heart's like, that's not true. Nope, totally not aligned with me. And you can let it go. People who are in the spiritual realm and aren't rooted in who they are and what their purpose is, they'll let anything that a psychic or a tarot reader or even me as an astrologer, they will hold on to anything we say. You know, Because a lot of people go to religion or go turn to spirituality when they're tired when they are lost, when they are scared, when they are confused. So as a spiritual practitioner or an energetic practitioner or a priest or a preacher, pastor, we've got to be very careful with the messages we deliver, especially in intimate one-on-one consultations like as such a birth chart reading. I know that when I am reading someone's chart to them and they ask, when am I going to get married? I've been trying to get pregnant for three years. When am I going to get pregnant? Of course, we want to be in full control of the exact date these things are going to happen because, ah, there goes the anxiety, there goes the fear, there goes all the low vibrational emotions that we're not supposed to run from. We're supposed to integrate into our daily experience. You know, what's that quote or that meme that goes around where you're walking and you have a shadow and it follows you, it never leaves, it's always behind you, but the moment it does leave is when you turn around and say, hey, Come here, hold my hand and walk side by side with me. You don't have to stay behind. That is when you can release these things. So when people ask, when am I going to meet the one? When am I going to get married? I could easily pull some numbers, pull the ephemeris and astrology and give them a month, maybe even an exact day. But energy is always moving and changing. And I always used to preface my tarot readings that, Hey, guys, everything I'm about to say to you goes out the window if you leave this session and go rob a bank. Out the window, gone, because the energy just immediately shifted and changed. Think about it. How many times have you vented with a friend over a relationship issue or a really shitty day at work only, like, to send them an audio message, and then they get it 12 hours or 24 hours later, and they go to respond, and you're like, oh, uh, Never mind, I'm over it. We we reconciled, or I figured out I was overreacting. It's no big deal. Energy is always shifting and changing. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, all spirituality and all religion is just people wanting to know that they're going to be okay, right? That this human experience in a spiritual world that we're having that we have someone, even when we're alone, we have like a fatherly, motherly energy always surrounding us and protecting us because this shit's crazy. This shit is crazy. It is a really difficult time to be alive right now. But I want to remind you that everyone's a light worker. It's just imagined, um, imagined of who is awakened to it. Who is awakened to the fact that, hey, I think I'm here for a higher purpose. I think there's some things that need changing and shifting. And hey, even if I don't go on to make a huge worldwide impact, making an impact, I want to remind you, just in your own family lineage at home is the greatest impact. Changing parenting behaviors, changing relationship patterns that have been repeated over and over in your lineage is where the real true work is done, right? So 
again, I don't know why I'm sharing this. This is just something that's been boiling and stirring in my mind. And you'll notice over the next few months, I'm not going to post podcasts weekly anymore. It just doesn't feel right. I really want to put out shows and episodes when it feels good. And I don't feel forced to show up to interviews or I don't feel forced to crank something out by Wednesday morning. It's going to be more authentic. And honestly, It's thanks to human design, something else I've been really studying. My human design is an emotional manifester, is to just move and strike when the iron's hot and not force myself to continuously show up. So I'll always be here. The show will never go away. I really don't think it ever. I want to do this show as long as I live. Even if it's one episode a year, I will still show up on your airwaves. You got my promise there. But um, I've just been thinking about it and seeing a lot of You know, here in America, we've had this huge abortion debate with the state of Texas outlawing it. And then we've got the my body, my choice with wearing a mask and getting a vaccine. And a a lot of religion and a lot of spirituality, aside from politics, are being brought up into it. And I always like to look at things, as my astrology teacher, Deborah Silverman, says, from the observer. I obviously get triggered by things, but I don't go and tap my thumbs on my phone and respond to people in the comment section. I just pull back and I observe. Why does this trigger me? Why am I passionate about this? Why, why, why? And just look at it from a bird's eye view and really study and try and see where everyone's coming from. To me, there is no right or wrong. This is all people just on their journey and on their path. And from a psychological perspective, it's so intriguing to watch and learn and try and like when people do things or say things that are totally out of alignment with who I am, I actually like those the most because it's challenging. Like, okay, let me see if I'm really rooted in myself. Why do I agree or disagree? And can their opinion actually sway me to believe the way they do and change my mind? It's fun. Look at this human experience as a game of growth and evolving. It's, it could be fun if you make it. It's all in how you look at it, right? So, wow, that was a lot, right? All of this is inspired by my trip to Montana, which I think a lot of you are here. All of my OGs for sure are here like, yeah, 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 Seth, let's get to the good stuff, the Montana story. So let's just give you guys the spark notes of this. If you're new here and you're like, what the fuck, what's up with Montana? I don't get it. (laughs) Uh, Montana, the state of Montana here in the United States has been spiritually calling me for so long, since I was about 17 or 18 years old. And when I was that age, I went to a psychic fair in Manchester, New Hampshire, where I grew up as a child and a teenager. And I went to a psychic fair. And if you've never been to a psychic fair, you just it's in a hotel conference room. This is where mine happened to be, actually. And I walk in, and there's probably like 20, 25 people with their tables and their booths all set up. And you just walk in and stroll over to whoever resonates, whichever table calls to you. And I love supporting men. Male astrologers, I strategically chose my mentor in astrology school as Nick because he was the only male. And I was like, I want to learn from a man. I think it's so cool that masculine can teach spirituality. Male yoga teachers, you name it. So I saw him and I was like, oh yeah, I want to get a reading from him. And no one was at his table. People just love women and women are associated with spirituality, yeah? So we gravitate towards them. They're safe. But not me. (laughs) My Sagittarius ass hopped on over to his table and sat down. And he was actually the one who told me that I would have thyroid issues and that eventual adrenal issues as I am dealing with now, stage three adrenal fatigue. And, um, 
I'll never forget the look in this dude's eyes. It was almost like he wanted to tell me some not so good news, but he was trying to be professional and also psychics. Just as I was saying, they've got to know. A lot of people are like, I don't want to go to a psychic. They're going to tell me when I'm going to die. And it's like, can they foresee things like that? Maybe. Are they going to tell you, hey, October 2022, you're going to die? No. They know better. A good, spiritually trained, morally, ethically correct, energetic, spiritual healers know better than to plant the seed of a date. As I was saying earlier, when people ask me, can you look at my birth chart and tell me when I'm going to get married? Yeah, sure, I could, but I'm not going to because that time can come and go. And maybe it translates into you actually got a promotion and committed to your career instead of a person during that time. There's just too many factors and having a date is not how the universe works. I always tell clients, especially the ones that are struggling to conceive or get pregnant, I say, okay, what if I tell you January 1st, you're gonna be pregnant, you're gonna pee on a test, it's gonna be positive, you're having a baby, things like that. Or what if I tell you January 1st, you're gonna go to a New Year's party, you're gonna meet the love of your life. January 1st, you're gonna go back to work after the holidays and you're gonna find out you got a promotion and a huge pay increase and you never have to worry about money again. How would you live every single day? There you go. So I went to this psychic fair and I sat down and he told me about my health issues and he would look at me and say, listen, do not ignore this health issue. Do not ignore it. And I was like, okay, okay, got it. So with my thyroid, I actually did ignore it. I didn't go get a pap smear for a long time. And when I finally did, she was like, do you want to test your thyroid? And just that one moment I thought of him, this was like 18, 19, 20, 22, 23, five, six years later. And when the doctor said, do you want to get your thyroid tested? I was like, I don't really think I have symptoms, but Sure, because I thought of his voice saying, don't ignore it. And that is when I got diagnosed with hyperthyroid and Hashimoto's. So at the end of my session with this guy, he said, you know, do you have any more questions? I said, no, I think I got what I came for. Thank you. I was standing up, grabbing my coat and my purse. And he said, hey, have you ever thought of living in Montana? And I laughed and was like, dude, no, my dream is to live in the Caribbean, especially the Florida Keys. And he just chuckled and was like, okay, well, you're going to live on a horse ranch in Montana. And then just like shuffled his papers and got ready for the next client. And I was like, no fucking way. And you know, it was one of those moments as I'm trying to teach you guys being super rooted in who you are. I was like, dude, kick rocks. I'm going to live on the beach under a palm tree. Not the polar opposite. The mountains, the Canadian borders, super cold, quiet. Like, hell no. Nowhere near the beach. Out of here with that voice. (laughs) But it stuck with me. And there have been so, so many synchronicities. The ones that I can really, I should really take notes on my phone to remember all of them. But the ones that really stick out is a few years ago, I was in New Hampshire visiting family and I went on a hike with my mom in the woods, okay, in New Hampshire, all the way across the country from Montana. And we found a quarter on the ground. We were like, wow, we are way out here. How the hell is there a quarter out here? We pick it up, and I think my mom picked it up, and she went, she knows my synchronicity with Montana, and she was like, guess where it's from, and I was like, don't even, she was like, Montana, and flipped it around, and I was like, I'll be damned if it was from Montana. Um, When I worked at a holistic supplement shop in Charleston, South Carolina, every morning when I would be on my way to the shop to open super early, I would drive by, like no one was on the road, because it was so early, and this one truck 
would always drive by me. I mean, I don't know who he was, but he would drive by me on my way to work and we would drive back by each other on my way home from work. And it was this old, like sky blue, super beat up, rusted pickup truck with all these bumper stickers on it from Montana. From Montana all the way in South Carolina. How bizarre. And then the other time I can remember is I left my final divorce hearing and just, if any of you out there have ever gone through a divorce, the legalities of and the emotions, it's just a mess. I do not, hey, again, this is just my own opinion, take it or leave it. I do not suggest mixing love and government. It's just, no. If I, I would love, love to get married again and have a ceremony and wear a beautiful gown, but I will never sign government papers. It feels so oil and water to me to mix politics with love. Anyways, side note. I left my final divorce hearing, and um, I just, I was so numb, and I just didn't know how to feel, what to feel. So I just got in my Subaru with my pug, and I just drove. I just drove straight on this road in Denver, and I ended up near the Kansas-Colorado border in the middle of, a, like, a wheat field. I don't even know how I ended up on this dirt road. I was just in tears and numb so numb. But I ended up on this field and this beautiful thunderstorm was rolling through. And I thought, oh my gosh, perfect. This is that spiritual cleanse that I need. And so I watched it roll over and just lightning and thunder over this beautiful gold field. And then as soon as it moved in, it moved out. And this beautiful, like fluorescent rainbow formed. And I was like, if this is not universe, God, spirit, communicating loud and clear that after storm is always a rainbow. I don't know what it is. So I just knelt in the hood of my Subaru and smiled and felt so washed clean, right? Just so clean and sure of my track and my journey. This old truck started piling down the road and I thought, how the hell? Like I am miles and miles away from civilization. I thought, shit, this is probably the farmer coming up to me to say, like, get off my field or something. So I just stood there waiting for him to pull up, and he just slowly, this old man, just slowly rode by and happily smiled and waved. And as he drove off, I was like, no fucking way. Montana license plate here on the Colorado-Kansas border. Oh, my gosh. And the only car I ever saw sitting out in that field. I almost to this day question if it was a mirage or a ghost. It was just so bizarre and wild. Of all license plates of the world, Montana? Really? So there is one more piece to this that I didn't share on the Instagram post. But when Tara, my astrologer, when she read my astro cartography map, which is where an astrologer takes your birth chart and places it on a map... I actually have Neptune, I believe, or one of the asteroids, the asteroid of, I think it's Ceres, the line of motherhood and fertility, going right through Montana. So she was saying that Montana is my line of motherhood, which I found to be very interesting. And whether or not that will play out in the future, for sure, we'll see. And you know we'll be talking about it, but interesting, right? So... I went there. It's been a long time coming. I'm 32 years old, and ever since I had Montana planted in my brain at 18, I've never been, never even close. The closest I've been was Wyoming, and that was like the south border. So not close at all. 
Well, JL and I are here for the summer in Colorado, and I thought, okay, his birthday's coming up, Yellowstone, we've always wanted to visit, Montana's only 14 hours away, that's not too, too bad, let's go. And I just thought, like, the way we got to stay here in Pagosa Springs, Colorado, is too synchronistic to not go visit Montana, and it's the perfect weather, you know, Montana's probably not a place you want to visit in the winter, it's late August, Everything just feels aligned. We've got to go. So for his birthday on August 29th, we went. We went to Salt Lake City for some work stuff. Then we went up to Yellowstone. And then we went up to Montana. Go figure. As we are crossing into the Montana border, 5.55 on the clock. Oh, We stayed at Under Canvas Yellowstone. If you guys never heard of them, don't know what it is, please take the time to pause and Google it right now under canvas it is outdoor glamping that's where we stay for his birthday oh my gosh the most delicious dinner with local food live music cocktails it was a vibe oh it was one of the best nights jail and i have ever had it was so special and to know that was my first night in montana oh you know montana for those of you who aren't from the u.s it's known as big sky country and I get it. I used to think, like, no way. Colorado is beautiful. We've got a big sky, too. I don't know how. Maybe it's because there's a lot of valleys in between the mountains of Montana. But it definitely has a huge sky. And one thing I will never forget for the rest of my life, and probably lives after, is the Milky Way in Montana. Oh, my gosh. The freaking Milky Way. It's like those pictures you see on Instagram that artists or photographers really set up their tripod, use flash, use a remote, and like really put a lot of effort into editing and pulling out the moon, pulling out the... No, it was like that with the naked eye and so many shooting stars. Ugh. You know, um, Under Canvas has these tents that you can stay in called stargazers, and they have this like clear plastic over your bed that you can just watch the stars from your bed we didn't get one of those because they were booked solid but oh so beautiful so we get to montana at 555 go figure right oh so many synchronicities on the clock leading up to the trip up there so of course i start thinking oh my god like a huge thing on my mind lately as you guys know who have been following me for a long time is finding home where's my home where am i supposed to live where am i supposed to plant roots. So of course this seed, all pun intended, is planted in my mind of Montana's it. It's got to be it. But then there's also the piece of me that goes, no, uh, the keys. I come alive in the keys. I look better in all my photos in the keys. I'm so creative. Like that is home. But then there's this, it's like this back and forth pulling at me, right? Of Am I supposed to be here? Am I not? Am I supposed to live here? Am I not? And we humans, especially me, guilty as charged, We have such linear minds, all or nothing. This person, you know, like when we go on a date, it's like, are they going to be my husband and have my babies or nothing at all? Uh, When I go to Montana, am I going to live there for the rest of my life and never leave? Or fuck it, it means nothing. Right? So I went there with that idea in my mind. And I've got to say, as soon as I got to Bozeman, it's very beautiful. It is insane how fast that city is growing. Wowzers. Um, it didn't. It was underwhelming. And I was like, Where, where's the magic? Where's Bigfoot running out in front of my car? <laughs> where's the shooting stars in the middle of the day? Which I did see in Idaho. I don't even know how to explain that. But I saw like an asteroid or a comet. What's the smaller one? A comet? <laughs> what am I? Is that wrong? A meteor. A meteor. I saw a meteor. I swear 
No one else saw it that was with us, but it was a meteor that burned like 12 feet before it hit the ground in Idaho. Side note. But we get to Bozeman, and it was underwhelming. And I was like, none of these neighborhoods are giving me butterflies like the Keys do. None of these homes scream forever. None of that, just none of the energy. We went on a couple short hikes and little parks, and I was like, downtown Bozeman was really cute. I got some cute little trinkets and my Montana agate ring. I got some really cool stuff downtown. That was fun. But the people, the culture, the neighborhoods, like, it was nothing to write home about. I was actually like, cool, okay, yeah, I, I feel like I've seen it. Let's move on to Masula. You know, and so it, I got a little disheartened. Like, where's the magic? Where's my spirit guides dropping from the sky and handing me a million dollars? Like, <laughs> where 10, 12, 15 years of this, and I come here and feel like I'm just running an errand to Target? <laughs> what the heck? So then we, had, we left our yurt, which I got a shout out to the yonder yurt that we stayed at in Bozeman. You can find them on Airbnb, Ray and Ryan. Yonder Yurt, Bozeman, please go stay there. It's the most incredible thing ever. And it was out in the country. Oh, so gorgeous. So we move on to Masula, and that is where I started to have a lot of like past life flashbacks. And I will say, the whole time in Montana, I just had this like self-discipline of I'm not posting on Instagram, I'm not even opening it, I'm not opening my emails, I'm not checking text messages, I'm not doing anything but being. Oh my gosh, I read a book and learned about the little Pyrenees people in the mountains. Google that one. It was incredible to just sit in a chair and look at farmers tilling the land and not worry about anything. You know, I still was supposed to um, share a podcast episode on Wednesday, but I woke up and said, fuck no. I have wanted to come to Montana for a decade. I am not about to work I'm not about to sit in an office and work while I am here. No way. Or not even in an office. Just in the car or in the yurt. Like, nuh-uh. No phone. No nothing. I want to be fully present. So that is one thing that Montana taught me is to just take control. It's almost like, like you guys know, I grew up without a father. My mom never remarried or even dated someone long term. So I had zero masculine influence in my life, which has excuse me, in turn affected my ability to set boundaries and have discipline with myself and people around me. Montana feels to me like that fatherly energy I never had. You know, I've got t-shirts that say Montana now. Like, I'm just so proud. Like, wearing a jersey of your favorite sports team. Like, yeah, this is where I'm from. Hanging a flag from your country or your state where you're from. Like, yes, pride. That's what I feel with Montana. And it really taught me, like, to let go. Stop working. Be present. As I said in Instagram, Montana feels like church. Like a church. And... First of all, why don't we have churches for spirituality? Why don't we have churches for astrology? Wouldn't that be dope? Oh, I'm getting ideas. Maybe I should create one. Can you imagine going to a church that was made for astrology? And like, instead of a pastor preaching, um, an astrologer is up the front like, today the Saturn is in Aquarius at nine degrees and it's going to affect us like this. That would be cool, right? 
oh, I've got ideas. But there's really no places of worship for light workers, right? Maybe a shala, yoga studio, but that's still its own religion, you know, Eastern India. That's their thing. Like, I want to be innovative and create a light workers temple, shrine, church, whatever you want to call it. But I'm um, getting off track. Montana is like a church to me. And we don't live at church, do we? Right? Let's use traditional Catholic or Christian religion. You wake up on Sunday morning, you get dressed up, and you go to church, and it's beautiful, and it's just the energy and the air inside church is so clear and grounding and beautiful, if you go to the right one. <laughs> I can hear some of you guys who are ex-Christians like, are you fucking kidding me? But if, um, it, it's, it's interesting, and it's beautiful when you go into these churches. Montana is like my church. It is somewhere where I just bow and respect and feel very taken care of and very grounded and very just totally doing a reset, but it's not somewhere I want to live yet. <laughs> it's, it feel you know, think about church. Would you live and eat dinner at church in a church pew? No. Do you want to shower and go to bed in church? No. Do you want to go to church and watch a movie? Like, No. That's not where you want to live. It's not where you're, you can kick back. It's a place you go for respect and reset and spiritual connection. It's its own place. To me, that's Montana. So, Missoula was most definitely my vibe. What a cool place. Oh, we loved it so much. The neighborhoods there were beautiful. I love how everyone there has a big garden in their backyard. And Missoula has a lot of urban gardens. Yeah, like a apple picking farm in the middle of the city. It's so cool. Loved their vibe. But still, not a place that I would want to call home at all. Oh my gosh, get this you guys. So, when we were in Missoula, I lost my wallet. I don't lose things, especially my wallet, Saturn and Capricorn. I do not lose that thing. It's always on me, but I lost it. So we were panicking. We um, The next morning, we woke up, and we went downtown. We went to the ice cream shop that we stopped at that I did pull my wallet out at. They didn't have it. Nowhere to be seen. So we're walking around the city streets, and all of a sudden, my phone starts playing music really loud. I'm like, what the fuck? My phone never just starts playing music. And it played this song called Eyes on You by Chase Rice. Google it. YouTube it. The first line is, We've been to both Carolinas. Seen a big Montana sky. And I was like, ha ha, universe, big Montana sky. I get it, I'm here. I used to always listen to that song when I lived in Carolina and think, one day I'm going to visit Montana. I know it. I just know it. And for that to play while I'm running around like, where's my wallet? So we had to leave. Couldn't find the wallet. I just chucked it up as a loss and said, whatever. Cards are replaceable. It's okay. I didn't have any cash in there, thank goodness. But, um... A couple days later, my Airbnb host texted me and said, the new guest found your wallet behind the toilet. I'll mail it to you. So it turned out okay. But JL was like just trying to be so optimistic and saying, well, what a sign. Montana doesn't want you to leave. But then he was also like, what a big reset. Like you had to order all new cards. And there's just who knows the symbolism behind losing my wallet. And it's still in Missoula today because it's Labor Day weekend and the mail isn't running. So... (laughs) Yeah, being without my cards and my ideas stunk, but how ironic. And I still haven't really figured out the symbolism. Perhaps I'll make a post on Instagram and ask you guys. But uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. 
So we left Missoula, and I was honestly so excited to head home to Pagosa Springs. We stopped halfway on the journey in Lava Hot Springs, Idaho. You guys, Idaho is a hidden gem. I almost don't want to share that with you to keep people out of it, but wow, what an incredible place. I think I would buy a ranch in Idaho before I would Montana. I don't know. You know, Montana is also number one for the spraying of glyphosate. That is what we in the U.S. here we use very heavily, and it's what is causing leaky gut. It's what's making us allergic to gluten. It's very, very toxic, and it's causing a lot of people health issues, and they spray the most in Montana. My allergies were also so, so bad in Montana. I like, couldn't breathe at one point. I thought I had to go to the hospital, but it was just because of all the farms tilling alfalfa and who knows the glyphosate and chemicals that were there. And so, you know, off the bat, like, that's not somewhere I want to live. And so there were these negative aspects to it that made me think, like, what? Universe, spirit guides, angels, like, I'm phoning a friend right now. How has this been such a synchronicity? But as with most good things in life, you never know what something means until it's in hindsight, until it's in the rearview mirror and you can stop and turn and be the observer. It's kind of like when you go through a breakup. Here's the classic example. When you go through a breakup, your world is crushed. It's in smoke. Your ears are ringing. You can't see. There's dust and rubble all around you. You can't see. You're in your fishbowl of emotions, overwhelmed. But once that dust settles and the muddy water turns clear, you will look back and think, wow. The universe, having that person cheat on me and leave me was a gift from God, was truly a savior. Or, wow, when I lost my job, I thought I'd be in financial ruins forever, but had I not lost that job, I would have never met so-and-so, and I would have never got a job at this company or began to work for myself or went to school at IIN or to get a certification somewhere else. Like Everything is so interconnected. And a part of my spiritual belief is that nothing is random. Nothing is. So this trip to Montana was very interesting, and I really feel a deep reset. And perhaps you guys can even hear it in my voice, and I'm more confident, I'm more grounded, less stutters, less pauses, ums, uhs. I just feel good about who I am and where I'm at and where I'm going. So with that said, I don't know my connection to Montana, but what I do know is that I'm going to figure it out probably in the next year. Just an intuitive belief. Montana is always going to be my church. I can't wait to go back. Next time I'm going to fly there and hopefully not be with Jeffrey because I love him, my pug Jeffrey, but you know, you're kind of limited with a pug because it's hot and they can't stay outdoors for too long. So I definitely want to go back, perhaps alone for an all-women's retreat and really put my feelers out there and see the spiritual connection. But this trip was not random. And although it was short and we were only in Montana for four to five days, I definitely think something came out of it that I will see in hindsight. So let this lesson be that sometimes the universe can show us all the signs that we're meant to be in a place or we're meant to be with someone, but that's linear to think, oh, there's so many synchronicities that this is my person. This is the number one person that I'm supposed to spend my life with but maybe they're not. Maybe those are all signs and synchronicities that you're supposed to spend right now with them, but to move on for someone new and even better and more aligned to come into your life. They were showing you synchronicities that right now you are where you were supposed to be, 
at the right place at the right time with who you're supposed to be with at the right place at the right time. If there's anything this episode taught you, I hope it's to have even more confidence in yourself than the universe, than God, than spirit guides, than angels. You. It's kind of like I used to teach as a holistic health coach. Like, clients, hey, guys, when you go to a doctor, don't take everything they say at face value because they don't know you. Here in the U.S., they spend all of 10 minutes with you, and then next, they don't know you. They don't know your psych. They don't know you are in your body. You can feel your aches and pains. You know what foods trigger symptoms. You know what moods trigger headaches. Doctors don't. And this can be applied to spirituality. You know how certain people make you feel. You know how certain music can heal the worst of wounds. You know you more than any spiritual guru, more than any self-help podcast or book or Instagram. And it's okay if someone you follow and you feel devoted to and you feel like has really held your hand through your spiritual awakening, it is okay if they do things or say things that you don't agree with okay you don't have to stop and pause and think okay I need to persuade my own beliefs to match theirs perfectly no let's give them power to them you are uniquely you and spirituality I know it can be scary because you are creating your own bible so to speak and it has to be tailored to you it's not going to be tailored to everyone around you No one in spirituality has the same exact Bible. I'm sure some people listening to this are very spiritual and have a beautiful spiritual practice, but are super anti-abortion. And then there's some who are super spiritual, have a beautiful meditation spiritual practice who say, your body, your choice. And that's okay. That's so okay. So the message of this podcast, I guess, is to be confident and be really rooted in who you are. And if you feel like you have some work to do, the best way to do this is to unplug completely. No social media, no news, no newspapers, no books even. Be with yourself, not with friends, not with people in yoga class or meditation class, alone. That's often why it's called the dark night of the soul and you get stripped of teachers, friends, lovers, pets, family. Oh, family goes bye-bye for sure. Because you need to be isolated to get really rooted and grounded in who you are. And once you are, the spiritual world can't shake you. If you've had an abortion and someone tells you, oh, that soul is dying in the ethers and hates you and is going to prevent you from... No. If it resonates with you, sure, let it. But if it doesn't, if you know you had to have that abortion for a specific reason karmic past life or simply just the fact of this 3d world you weren't ready and that was the most selfless thing you'll ever do own it rock it love it i have a story about abortion that i would love to share with you guys someday i think i'll need to write it out though so with that said i love you thank you for tuning in thank you for listening i would love to hear your stories about your montana in air quotes where's your special place is there any place in the world that you have just been drawn to i'm so curious do let me know on instagram or by email whatever feels comfortable i am moving back home to florida in october so 
it's crazy. We just paid our last month of rent here in Colorado, all the feels, but I feel really good about going home to Florida. Will I live there forever? I don't know. Would I like to buy a house and hand it down generation to generation? Of course, but I'm on this journey and I feel very protected. Got my Montana ring on, my Montana gear on. It's like, yeah, this is the spirituality that I represent on my team. I just feel, I feel like I have the fatherly energy that I never had growing up. I feel protected. I love you guys. If you would like a birth chart reading, I have a few slots open for mid to late September. Go to lightworkers-lounge.com and click on birth charts. I'll leave it in the show notes as well. I'm sending you so much love here in the Rocky Mountains of beautiful Colorado. No offense, Montana, but Colorado's got the mountains I lack. They are way more beautiful. (laughs) But Montana has a sky that cannot be beat. See you next week, maybe in a couple weeks. I don't know, but I'll always see you on Instagram at Lightworkers Lounge at Stephanie's underscore destiny.